amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. How you doing, everybody? This is Alex Desaire. I played Julio Mendez on the original Flash TV series, and I'm Nick Fury in the Marvel Animated Universe. And you're listening to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. The Sultan of Speed, the Wizard of Wizzle, yes indeed. Go from here to China in a no time flat. Beat the speed of light and you can't beat that. The Flash, the Flash, meet the mighty Flash. In a five year smash, crash, smash a whole gang of crooks or schnooks. Hey, he'll just cover any kind of bad guy. Deep for robber, the world's fastest human. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, swing it, baby. That is what I'm talking about. Nothing like a little music to set the mood. Welcome, one and all, to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. I am your host, Joe Stuber. It is finally here. You are in the right place at the right time for Flashback, Flash Forward February on Comic Book Central. All month long, I'm going to be bringing you episodes centered around the Scarlet Speedster, the fastest man alive from the world of DC Comics, the Flash. Each week this month, I'm going to be sitting down with an amazing talent from the television world of The Flash. That's right, past and present. This week, it's a flashback to the 1990 television series. Joining me in just a few moments, the man who stood by John Wesley Shipp's Barry Allen at the CCPD as police scientist Julio Mendez, actor Alex Desaire. He is going to be here in the lair. But first, a reminder for everyone listening out there, you do not want to miss a moment of the action headed your way with Flashback, Flash Forward February. And the best way you can get a front row seat to the lair, that is by subscribing to the show in iTunes. Subscribe in iTunes, leave a review if you like what you're hearing, that always helps. You can search for the show at iTunes, but an easier way is to head to the website, comicbookcentral.net. You're going to find all the links you need there. Uh, a link to subscribe in iTunes, to like the show on Facebook, to follow it on Twitter. They're all there. Uh, you're also going to find a link where you can click. It's the Signal Me tab. Send me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. All episodes are also on Blueberry and Stitcher. So if you don't use iTunes, they're on those services as well. They're also streaming in the archive at the website, comicbookcentral.net. Uh, if you're new to the show, Welcome. Glad to have you on board. Perfect time to get going here with Flashback, Flash Forward February. Uh, not the first time The Flash has been represented here on Comic Book Central. If you haven't heard some of the past episodes yet, then after today's episode, you're going to want to flash back 
and check out the following Flash-centric episodes that we've had here on the show. Episode two, all the way back, almost to the beginning, Michael Rosenbaum. Now, we know him as Lex Luthor on Smallville. He also played the heroic side, too. He was the Flash on the Justice League animated series. Episode 74, oh, from the wild and wacky legends of the superheroes show back in the 70s, Rod Haas. He had his turn in the spandex. Talk to him about that as well. Episode 93, that was part two of my adventure at Terrificon in Connecticut. That episode features my Q&A with The Flash from the 1990 television series, John Wesley Ship. Just a few episodes later, in episode 96, my in-depth interview with John Wesley Ship. You're going to want to check those out. And of course, episode 106, uh, the man who put words into John Wesley Ship's mouth, Howard Jakin. He wrote some of the best episodes of the 1990 series. So all those are out there. So glad you could join me for Flashback, Flash Forward February, and so glad my special guest is here with us today. Check this out, and I'm going to be back in a flash with Alex Desaire. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Born and raised in New York City, Alex Desaire graduated from the School of Performing Arts, that is the school that inspired the 1980 flick Fame. He relocated to L.A. and has been appearing regularly on our TV screens and on movie screens ever since. His first big break in Hollywood was on the short-lived CBS series TV 101. A year later, Alex was back on the Tiffany Network, entrenched in the world of DC superheroes when CBS launched a live-action version of the Flash. As police scientist Julio Mendez, Alex worked alongside John Wesley Shipp's Barry Allen at the CCPD, investigating those strange goings-on in Central City. Would Julio ever find out Barry was the Scarlet Speedster? We may never know, as the series was stopped in its tracks by a rogues gallery of random scheduling, preemptions, and The Simpsons' El Barto. But Alex used the high-profile platform to springboard into numerous acting roles, including parts in Swingers and High Fidelity, and of course six seasons opposite Ted Danson in the CBS hit Becker. From in front of the camera to behind the mic, Alex has quickly become a go-to voice in the world of animated series and video games. You can hear his work in Tomb Raider games, uh, LeBron James animated series The LeBrons, And in the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Alex gave the orders as Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, my guest today is a crime fighter in both the DC and Marvel TV universes. In the 90s, he operated out of the Central City PD as police scientist Julio Mendez on The Flash. And he's also the voice of Nick Fury in the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, he is also an accomplished musician, a big comic book central. Welcome to Alex Desaire. Alex, welcome to the show. 
He's here. He made it. <laughs> I've been talking. About, I've been talking about you with John Wesley Ship. It's like, ah, oh, finally, I get to talk to you. <laughs> Are you are you enjoying it so far? I I'm having a blast so far. This is great. Look, The Flash is one of my favorite shows, and like I love. First of all, the current one is number one in our DVR, so that's that. But man, did I love me some Flash back in the '90s? Yeah, actually, the oh. new incarnation too, and it is on my DVR. I actually, got to watch this week's. It's I. It's a it's a great show. You have a vested interest in it. Look, sh- okay, let's get. Should should we address the elephant in the room right off the bat? Yeah, let's go for it, man. Okay, all right. John Wesley Ship, mm-hmm. Amanda Pays, yep. Mark Hamill, right. Vito D'Ambrosio, oh. uh, <laughs> Alex Desaire. Ellipses, ellipses. <laughs> Alex Desaire. When are you going to show well, up on this show? Come on. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out myself, Jack. You know, if there's a campaign that's going to be started, I'm with it. Let's go. Oh, you've had to have a call or something. There had to be... Something had to have happened well, at some funny, point. Your people uh, talk to their people. Yeah, I know. At one point, Kreisberg uh, 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 said that I'm definitely always in his mind. Okay, this is producer Andrew Kreisberg. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, got, he's got a, he's got some pull. Yeah, he might, he might know a thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, look, Julio and Cisco in the lab. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. What that could be better be than awesome. that? <laughs> you know what I always loved about um when when I did the Flash when we were doing it, I always laugh because every time you see Julio, he's eating something. Is that intentional? Yeah, I think it just happened, and so I always looked at. It, I was like, "Wow, I'm eating another burrito," and then I go, "Hey, where'd he go?" <laughs> Which is basically it was a blast. So. Did you have stuff squirreled away on the set, or do, was was that written into the show? Like, what? Why uh, were you always eating something? Yeah, some of it was written in, and then I think it just became a thing. Oh, okay. So it was like like kind of run, running gag kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're talking about what, what do you think about the new show? Oh, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, the casting, I think, is just right. Um, and there's a certain way. What I really appreciate is there's a, there's a certain reverence in it, and at the same time, there's a great amount of levity about it. Yeah, they're really yeah. referencing your show yeah. tons. I mean, even I think uh, the Q&A that I ran with, with John, he mentioned about uh, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, the showrunners on your show, that mm-hmm. they, they might be writing an episode. Come, I, boy, I just, I can't, and I know you can't say anything. I know that. I look, yeah. we, we go into this, uh, we know this. Can, can you say anything? <laughs> can, can you give us something? You know what? Honestly, I wish I had something to okay. say. All right. That's the truth. Okay. Like I said, let's make it happen, folks. Okay. Well, well, it has to happen. Everybody's been on. Look, look, Belzer's probably going to be on it at some point. <laughs> He's going to come in from France. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny, too, though, because, uh, you know, on Twitter, you know, I have some, you know, there are a bunch of fans on Twitter. And, well, Alex, when are you going to be on? I'm like, I don't know. And then I remember throwing something out where I was saying how I wouldn't mind playing Nightshade, which was a character that we had. Oh, that... Uh, yeah, who was like an wow. original vigilante back in the day. All of a sudden, next thing I know, all these people are like, Alex, Deadly Nightshade, when's it going to happen? I was like, whoa, I was just playing around for a couple of minutes. But so yeah. Like, like maybe somebody that had looked back on Jason Bernard's character, because there was even like that, that that was almost a, a an episode there where somebody was imitating him in an episode, yeah. the yeah. sequel to that. Boy, yeah. that's a great idea. That would be fun. Cause I actually, Have you I, pitched that? To either Kreisberg or maybe even Bilson and DeMeo. Maybe it's time to. Okay, so you haven't yet, but you're okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, look, it's it's it would be amazing. Okay, let's take 
the current Flash show out of the mix. Okay. I'm going to give you your choice. A role in any comic book themed movie or television show. What are you taking? <laughs> and you can't pick the current flash because we know you're going to be on it eventually. So that's a given. Right. So that, that you're already on it. We we know that it's going to happen. Anything else? What are you picking? Oh wow, that's on. That's out right now. Or coming up? Maybe it's in production. Maybe it's. You know what? I wouldn't in the know, planning I, stages. Do you have a favorite character that you'd like to play? Oh wow! Shoot, you know, here's a funny thing. As a kid, one of my favorite characters was Nightcrawler. <laughs> from X-Men, but I'm not German. Well, you're yeah, an actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Actually, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing what's going on with the Black Panther movie. I'm actually excited about all the Marvel movies coming out. Okay, that... Yeah. Of everything that's coming out, that may be the one that I'm most excited about. I Look, I love Captain America and The Flash. Those are like my two favorites. But I saw what they're doing with this Black Panther movie and the little tidbits that they dropped in, in the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Well, I think what I'm really, what I appreciate about all of this is how, you know, the way it's coming out, it's like, we're going to give you a little tease right here. Yeah, yeah. And just enough to keep you salivating. All right. We're going to tease you a little bit more, even like watching Ant-Man and everything. Yeah. That was setting everything up. It was just great. And, you know, honestly, it makes me feel like a little 10-year-old again. Oh, that's we say that all the time. I mean, it's just it's that nostalgia factor. We kind of go back now. How realistic is? I mean, do you what do you do? Do you put the feelers out? Do you use your agent contact yeah. like Marvel people? And do you say, look, I love, I, I love anything in this. Is that yeah. okay? Basically, so you, has that happened? Talk to the managers. Yeah, and we put the feelers out and see okay. what happens. Yeah, oh, that'd be great if we could see you, <laughs> in, in, you know, in the Marvel universe. And, and we'll talk about your time in the Marvel universe too, uh, as we go look. I'm uh, confused. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the coolest part is you get you get a foot in both worlds. Yeah. And that's the the, the glory of voiceover work, too. We'll yep. talk a little bit about that. Look, I'm looking over your bio. I noticed something quite interesting uh, and awfully familiar. I, I've appreciated the musical stylings of Mr. Paul Williams from oh. a very early age. <laughs> Everybody wants that man, Bugs <laughs> Malone. How, okay, tell me, give give our listeners a little bit of background, your background with the music of Paul Williams. Okay. This well, kind of kickstarted everything for you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was one of the, one of the factors. I mean, all right. So I grew up a poor black man in New York City. No. Um, so as a child, my mother. I'm just you know, hearing Steve Martin's voice. <laughs> <laughs> you got references. We're going to throw them out everywhere. It's, uh, just keep up, folks. Stay tuned, folks. Try the veal. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so as a as a as a kid, I grew up in New York, and uh, I lived in Queens, but I always went to school in Manhattan. So I had to take a, a bus to a train, and from the train, I'd go into the city, and then um, I'd get off where my school is, and then my mother would take the train to Brooklyn to where she worked. And then after school, um, I'd have to wait for her at the Donnell Public Library, which is no longer there. I am an old man. Um, <laughs> Are we all? Yeah, and so you know, in between trying to steal books. Um, or drawing in books, I'd go to the music section and, um, and I'd always pull out the Bugsy Malone soundtrack and I must've listened to that thing every day. And I'd look at the cover and I'd see, you know, all the, I don't know if you, you know, Bugsy Malone is genius. And, um, I'd look at the pictures of like, you know, Scott Bale and Jodie Foster and, you know, um, and I'd go, wow, I, I want to be that. I want to do that. I, I want to act. And then I'd listen to the music over and over and over. And I think, I don't even think I saw the movie until I was older. 
This is like an all kid version of yeah. a gangsters movie from what do we say late twenties, thirties, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it like? You saw it, but you didn't. You can't hear it. You can't. You haven't seen it. What was it? Appeal? Just all the kids. All the, the artwork. Kids. All the kids on the artwork with yeah. these great machine guns that shot eyes at you. It's a great poster. Yeah. And, um, and the songs were just catchy as heck, too. And, you know, I, I, it, it's funny because you're talking about Paul Williams. And, you know, I, I grew up in, you know, this is the 70s and 80s. And to think, like, Paul Williams was just everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I do remember actually seeing the movie and tripping out because basically it's, the kids lip syncing to Paul Williams, which is even more, it'll mess with your mind. Yeah. He even said that because he, he thought, he, I think he even second guessed that. I think they were running up, no pun intended, against the gun here or under the gun. <laughs> but I think it was like he was sending them songs almost mm-hmm. as they were shooting. Wow. And they didn't really have time to go back and, and redo them with kids. So I think he kind of second guessed that later. But um, hey, look, he got an Academy Award nomination out of it. Yeah, something went right. It, yeah. But it is a little off-putting when you watch the film, and <laughs> there's this kid at the piano. And he t- <laughs> turns around. And it's Paul Williams' voice. Well, I remember being uh, what was it? The one that freaked me out too. Kind of tangent. Um, what was it? Phantom of the Paradise. Right before that, another. Yeah. I think another Academy Award nomination too. Yeah, and but I remember seeing those posters. And oh, wow. as a little kid, that is one of the most frightening posters. Yeah. Yeah. And so, once again, love Paul Williams, but there was a little, you know, every time I think of Paul Williams, because I think of Bugsy Malone, but then I think of Phantom of the Paradise, and then I'd get confused. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's so crazy. His career, and then, and then he's on Match Game, he's on the Muppet, he's on the Muppet movie, he's in uh, Smoking the Bandit, yeah, he did every, well, I think he's even said, there's a documentary out about him, but I think he just said, I didn't say no to anything. Yeah. It's kind of like the Shatner principle. Yeah, pretty Just much. say yes to everything and you'll have a career out of it. Yeah. Um, like friend of the show, Supergirl Helen Slater, you attended the High School of Performing Arts. Yes, I did. The fame school for people That's that, right. yeah. And uh, for all you people out there that want to know, we did dance on the tables. <laughs> How and much table dancing did you do? <laughs> oh, I did a lot, girl. <laughs> Now, I, honestly, every once in a while, spontaneously, <laughs> just jump up on the table. Something like that would happen. <laughs> okay, what kind of projects uh, were you involved in there? Because this is really when when the, the career started to take a focus. Right. Well, um, the the training at the school, oddly enough, you're not allowed to actually work um, professionally because they just want you to train. I almost got kicked out my senior year because I ended up getting a job professionally. Um, it seems counterintuitive. Yeah, that's exactly what we thought. I mean, I respect it now. I understand it now. But at 17, you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the training was great. I mean, um, some of, the, some of the, the teachers we had were awesome. And it was great. You know, the first year you're there, they're basically teaching you how to use your instrument, how to be you. And just, you know, be you on stage. And then as the years progress, you know, they teach you more about character um, and how to find a character and become a character. Um, and it, it, it's just great. And what, what always floors me is when I think about it, because, you know, this school, um, these were the best creative artists in New York. We're talking from age 14 to 18. And so I think about it. I was listening to friends of mine in the music department play Charlie Mingus charts 
at the age of 14, you know, playing Thelonious Monk at the age of 14. And to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just, they're just playing some Monk. Wow. That's where, else, where, else, yeah, where else can you get that? You, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, some, a lot of folks have gone on to have great careers. And I honestly, I, I, I think, I, I will say this on air, Rosalind Shine was my first drama teacher. Love this woman, all five, well, like five foot one of her. <laughs> and she was really one of my biggest inspirations. She, you know, I remember at the end, she retired after my class. Oh, so you just got access to her. Yeah. And she's like big. Like I've met people now who are like 10 or 15 years, 20 years older than me, that sh they were her student. And so it's been beautiful to, you know, meet these people. But she was the one that said to me, you know, right before she left, she was like, Alex, you're going you're gonna to make it. You, you can do this. What, did, what, did, what toll did she give you that you carry with you to this day? The first, one of the first things she ever said to me, she said, whatever someone says to you on that stage, take it personal. That's acting. She taught me to listen and to just be, and it's okay. Regardless of Broadway stage or a, a television studio, yeah. anything, just, just, just feed off what they're giving you. Yep. And that's, that's the basic rule. <laughs> well, we've seen that in so many of your performances. Um, when you first moved out to L.A. right after that, what was life like for you? Hoo-wee! That was fun. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got to tell you my first job, though. Okay. Um, so my first job. So once again, I wasn't supposed to be working, um, but I was going out on auditions. And um, my first job was a soap opera called Ryan's Hope. Oh, that was huge. Yeah. And uh, it was a... It was under five lines, and uh, the studio was, you know, six or seven blocks from my high school. And so I got to school early, and all my boys were like, yeah, Alex, going to work. Alex, work. So they all walked me, you know, and I remember it was freezing cold, crazy windshield, walking on the west side by the river. And they walked me to ABC, and they're like, all right, yeah, cool. We'll see you later. And I go inside. I do my thing. And uh, I guess there was a black um, storyline. And um, so, was, you know, all us kids were hoodlums or in an abandoned apartment, you know, and there's a couple over there making out. And <clears throat> I had this huge high top, flat top, you know, and I'm sitting down. Like a kid and play kind of thing? Yeah. 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 I'm dating myself. And uh, <laughs> No, you're, you're, you're painting the picture, as any good storyteller does. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and, you know, I've, I've, I've got a, a bag of pills next to me and <laughs> I also have a bag of what seems to be cocaine, a uh, big old bag of green leafy substance, and, uh, and I'm reading a magazine like Right On or Fresh, right? And here it is, my first line ever. Every stereotype being oh, broken. Man, here, here it is, my first line ever. Hey, yo, Lyndon, check out this fine mama. <laughs> and that was my first job. But you're working. And I was working. Alex they, is working. Yeah, and then they brought me back a couple of episodes later to be shook down by some cops. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> I don't know where he is, man. <laughs> oh, oh, such a different time. Yeah, and I am forever grateful. <laughs> Believe it or not. Alex is working. <laughs> that's all that mattered. That that's a great story. That is a great story. Um, okay, so you, <laughs> you you put these lessons in your pocket. 
Right. You head out to L.A. Uh huh. Um, what's life for you? What's life like for you there at that time? Um. Poof. Well, I was 18, and I was away from home. So let's say it got a little crazy. Um, no, it was great. It was fun. A little I mean, crazy I, I was, on your end, like you. Well, it was just like I'm away from home. Yeah. Well, oh, you go nuts. Yeah, you go a little nuts. That's what you do. My friends went to yeah. college, and I came to L.A. I moved to Venice, no less. Mm. <laughs> uh, I said, "How far from New York can I get? The ocean." Yep. Um, no, it was a great time. I was lucky enough. Um, you know, I, I I had a job here, working on a TV show called TV 101. Um, so I had purpose every day and, you know, another great experience, um, in LA, you know, it's funny, you know, I grew up in New York. I didn't have a driver's license till after I moved out here. So I'd have to take the bus to the studio. Yeah. Cause you didn't need a driver's license in yeah. New York. Yeah. And it was funny cause I remember at one point the show was airing and I'm on the bus and some dudes are like, yo, ain't you that dude that play on that TV show? I'm like, yes, I am. Excuse me. <laughs> So this is my stop. Taking the bus. Yeah, man, it was great. You know, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was great to be out here. Um, yeah, it's got. It's. I mean, well, look. Let's. One of the things that I want to ask you about is, and we talk about these these sort of lessons you learned in New York and these things that you're putting in your back pocket. Before we get to the superhero stuff, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in, man, 129 episodes on Becker. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this is an actor's dream to get to yeah. get a gig like this. Uh, Jake yeah. Malinak. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, for those who haven't seen it, look, it's a great character. Becker is mm-hmm. a great character. It's a yeah. it's a very cool show. Huge challenge for an actor. Uh, Becker, played by Ted Danson, we love him from Cheers, but mm-hmm. totally opposite character on this. You're his best friend. A man blinded years earlier. Right. Um, what preps did you do to take on this role? All right, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Honestly, okay. I uh, watch Master of the Flying Guillotine. Master of the Flying Guillotine. It's one of the best kung fu movies. Okay, I was gonna say you're gonna have to pre- you're gonna have to prep me a little bit on so this. It's a kung fu movie, and uh, it's about this blind assassin who has a flying guillotine, and uh, he he basically throws a guillotine on your head, he chops your head off, and Watching him is what I watched. Wow. I and, am so totally going to watch Becker in a different light now. Yeah. And then I, you know, I watched <laughs> A Little Scent of a Woman. Okay. I was going to ask you if Pacino yeah. came into it a little bit. Yeah. Hoo-ah! I was a colonel boy. Um, watched that. And, that's, and that was what I did for the audition. And then once the job happened, I actually went to the Braille Institute. Um, and I got blind lessons from blind people. Okay, so did you wear a blindfold? Uh-huh. I blindfolded, walked around, um, you know, learned how to navigate things um, without sight, which was fun. I remember being in the Institute, and uh, here's one of the lessons that you say you put in your back pocket. You know, I was walking, and I was bumping into things, and it was really uncomfortable and getting rather annoying. And uh, someone asked me, how does it feel? And I was like, I'm, well, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm kind of frustrated right now. And all she said was, welcome. Oh, wow. Um, which was really good. And then I heard blind people snickering. I hear someone's here trying to be blind, <laughs> which was kind of fun, too. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was a great experience. And then I'd go to the set, 
Um, and if, you know, as, as time went on, it got easier. But um, at first, I'd literally go around the set with my eyes closed, rehearsing with my eyes closed, and then seeing what that felt like, and then doing it with my eyes open. How do you divorce yourself from engaging with the actor? Because as you mentioned earlier, that's you're feeding off of that. Mm-hmm. Now you can't. You, now you don't have that. Right. How do you disengage from that? Um, well, it's once again, it's all about listening. Does that make sense? It you does. Know, as a blind person, so I really have to listen. And I would throw some of the guest cast off sometimes, I think, because I'd rehearse with them and look them in the eyes while we'd rehearse, you know, so we'd get the basic scene going on. Because they got to get their lines down. Yeah, you know, and we, you know, we want it to run smoothly and right, get right. the best work we can out of it. But then come time or showtime, the blind would come on. And, and when you say that, is that maybe looking off? Yeah, well, or I, not I, engaging physically. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different kind of physical engagement too. Um, it's it's a little more. Well, what's the word? I'm sorry, not clumsy, but it's more more like an awkward kind of more awkward and putting them ill. Well, that probably helped their performance, maybe yeah. making them ill at ease. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, you know, it's a, the, the feeling, too, it's a little lighter on the touch because everything needs to be self-sensitive. Yeah. Um, and Ted Danson gave you a lot to listen to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> shut up. <laughs> His lines are just uh, like, <laughs> unbelievable. We always say, like, yeah, they can never do All in the Family today. Yeah, I think they did it with Becker. <laughs> <laughs> we got close. I think yeah. you got about as close as anybody could get. Uh, um, right. Yeah, amazing show and an amazing character and amazing job. Uh, on your part. Uh, you ready to talk superheroes? Sure. Oh, f- here comes my cat. He's meowing. What's your cat's name? Boujou. Boujou? Boujou. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you hungry, boy? <laughs> well, suffer like the rest of us. <laughs> oh, don't run away, man. <laughs> don't, don't scare the cat. Don't and, and don't put any cucumbers around him. <laughs> I kid you. You're Apparently, fine. the cats are terrified of cucumbers i don't know what what this phenomenon is all about uh 1990 the flash yes sir um julio mendez Mm -hmm. great cast how did you first find out about the show got the call from from the agent yeah there's a there's a show and there's a show the flash uh, to be regular on it and i do remember going oh this is cool you knew what that was oh heck yeah well comic book kid yeah, well, here's the thing. I have an older brother, 10 years older. He's an artist. And he was a, mm. his comic book collection was huge. <laughs> and so I'd steal through his comics. He'd be like, what are you doing? You're ruining them. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, so it was really exciting when this came up. And he, had a, he loved DC, too. I was going to ask, is he a DC guy or a Marvel guy? He had one of those. Uh, he, I think he was a DC guy. He, he dabbled into Marvel. He really like, he loved heavy metal, Vampirella. Okay. So I had a bunch of those, which probably shaped my views on some things. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, had you yeah. seen Tim Burton's Batman coming into this? Because very heavily influenced by Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah, that was right around the same time, too, wasn't it? Yeah, About, right about a year before. before. And, I mean, you've got you know the look, the comic book theme, yeah. the suit, the yeah. music by Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's coming right out of that. Yeah, definitely. There were some influences. Yeah. Um, what was, what were those initial meetings like then? 
Um, did, you, did, did, they, did they give you an, an understanding of the character? He's not from the comic books. No. So no. how did they explain it to you? Like, okay, we need this. Yeah, Here's I, this guy. Yeah, I, I think it was just, I don't, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't really remember. Hmm. I don't we were really, going back a little bit. I mean, it's 25 yeah. years plus. What I, what, I, what I do remember, which I really respected, and I still do respect, first off, you know, my character's name's Julio Mendez. Of Latin descent, obviously, but I remember the final callbacks. There was an Asian guy, there was a white guy, there was a black guy, there was a Spanish guy. And that really impressed me. Um, the fact that they were just like, we just want the best actor for the job. Hmm. You know, and by gum, they got him. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Now, we say that he's not from the comic books, but he actually made it into one of the comic books. Did you yeah. ever get to see the comic book that he made it into? I've got a copy of that somewhere. You have yeah. it there? Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the the comic book version of the TV show? Yep. Yeah. The yep. DC special. And I got to tell you, they messed my face up. <laughs> I was going to ask what you thought of that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Apparently, you did not sign off on this. You know, what cracked me up the most um, is that you know, I had my goatee back then, and then in one panel, I'd have a nice thick goatee. The next panel would be like four strands of hair, you know, <laughs> and then one panel would look like dreadlocks. The other looked like, you know, Sideshow Bob Afro. <laughs> yeah. But hey. David I'll Williams and Derek Robertson. That's it. Have you ever had words with these two? Not yet, but I think I might now. Oh, man. <laughs> it's great. Now, Howard Chaikin, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned that it was very difficult to write for your character. They're, yeah. they're bringing him in. He's he's changing these things around. He's revamping some scripts. Yeah, he basically said, hey, "Look, you're the. I don't know what they call it. Is it the the viewpoint character? Is the audi- the audience surrogate? Mm-hmm. How do they, that's the way I understand it. Like you're okay. you're us. Okay, you're us." And you kind of ask the questions that the audience would ask. Right. And he said that it was very difficult to write for your character because. Um, he said they wanted to write. He wanted to write your character straight. Mm-hmm. They and I'm guessing he meant. I probably should ask him. They maybe the studio maybe the, I don't know. They wanted to goofy you up. Right. Okay. How? What was your take on it? And did you have any conversations with the producer? Because there is that. You have a lot of expositional dialogue. You're mm. you're asking the questions that we would ask. Right. But then there's kind of these silly things, and you don't know he's the Flash, and yeah. Right. What conversations did you have about the character? Um, shoot. Or did you have any? I, you know, I, I don't even remember having conversations. I just remember just doing them and, like, you know, sometimes playing with them to, you know, find some more of the, the comedy moments within them. In my head, Julio was just, you know, he, to me, he kind of represented, like, you know, a, a joie de vivre and naivete that, was I think that's kind of what for me I represented as well. Did they ever discuss Julio finding out that Barry is the Flash? Now we I know there is one episode where we time travel, right? And Julio does get to find out, but it's kind of erased when we travel back. But did they ever talk about that? Of just like, yeah, I think I think that was going to happen at some point, but you know, the show got canceled. Yeah. Too early. You know, the thing about the show getting canceled too, I remember going, "Oh, we're just getting the stride just right." 
You were. I mean, there's so many good episodes coming in. Yeah. Well, what when when did you get? Because I think there was that thing of will we or won't we be picked up? When yeah. did you get the call? Like we're not doing this. Oh boy. Or and what did you think when you heard we're not doing this? Um, I'm sure I cried for a while. I probably had a cocktail or two. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even remember where I was, where we were. It was just one of those. I, I, I just remember. Not, not, well, you know what? You always get a feeling of uh, grief and loss when this happens, especially you know when you, when you think it happens too soon. You know, Becker was the only show where we actually got okay. At this date, we'll be done. You've done a full run, and so to have something kind of cut off is always a little shocking. Yeah, especially when there's such an investment on the front end of it. I mean, they're really putting money. I mean, you think about the sets. Yeah, the costume. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the costume. What I mean, do any memorable moments of John in the costume where you were like, "This is hilarious"? <laughs> uh, every time I saw him in it, uh, that thing was hot. Yeah. And we had a, we had a couple of them, and it was funny. You could see the you know there there was a utility suit, which you could see was frayed. <laughs> 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 and then there was like the spanking clean suit. The uh, utility one that was for the long shots. Yeah, for long shots and stunts and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, wow, so that's a flash of suit, huh? It'll tell up. Yeah, John mentioned just like wringing this thing out. Yeah, I um, I, I felt sorry for sweat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had like, the easy gig. You got to sit back and eat. Yeah, eat and wear loud shirts. It was it was the nineties. Yeah, yeah, you talk about kid and play haircut, but man, the, yeah, you guys definitely had the loud shirts. I, yeah. And I think John probably gave you a run from your money on those shirts too. <laughs> Good point. I, I don't know that Julio had a had a you know ex- exclusivity on that. Uh, um, let's talk about some of these standout Julio centric episodes. Beat the clock. Yeah, a uh, little bit of jazz coming. That's yeah. probably you know a jazz musician about to be executed. You're coming in for this. Um, the great Gloria Rubin too uh, huh? is in this show. Um, talk about that episode. Some of the you know some of the memories you have of actually working on some of these episodes because you know obviously Julio John's going to get the the lion's share of the work in here. Right, but right. Julio did have his moments. Yeah, I remember reading the script going, "Oh man, you mean I got to work every day?" No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you had to show up. I was like, "Whoa, you mean I got to be on time?" Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, now that was a fun one uh, with Ken Foray. Um, and Angela Bassett. That's right. She was in that one too. Yeah, yeah. No, that was. You know, it was really exciting about that one. I'm such a, <laughs> I'm such a child. <laughs> um, I was ex- so excited to actually have a fight scene. Yes, you did. Because Ken, if I recall, is about ten feet taller than me, mm-hmm. and about five me's wider than me. <laughs> Um, so that was really exciting. Because you're mostly in the lab. Yeah, yeah. This and time you get to get out and do stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, was, oh, come on. I mean, one of the things I love the most about that show when I did get to get out of the lab was, you know, getting to drive the car. I think I had a, an Edsel or a Studebaker yeah. with a push-button transmission. <laughs> I mean, what I, you know, it was a dream come true. <laughs> they didn't – yeah, they, they really spent money on the – I mean, just even talk about the look of – just from an acting perspective of being on these sets because oh, yeah. they were – like you guys took over – John was even mentioning this. You guys took over some real estate there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Warner Brothers backlot, I'm so proud to say that Central City Station is still up. 
in the back lot. To and this built- day, you go there on the tour, though, you'll see it. Yeah, and wow. then, you know, like ah, they built that for us. And then, and then I remember watching like ER, and I'm like, "Here's my police station." Mm-hmm. You know, um, but working on that was, a, yeah, it was so much fun, and it was great to, you know, we we worked at these great locations on that. I think Mar- we shot the jazz club at Marla Gibbs had a jazz club out in Lamarck Park, and actually that's where we shot. Oh, from the Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Shot there in this beautiful, beautiful location. You know, and y'all listen, I'm not going to front. It's always great to see black people dressed up in old 1940s gear. <laughs> like like the, the, the show itself is almost has a 40s vibe, but this one definitely has it. This episode in particular. Yeah, you're right. With Angela, even down to the Billie Holiday flower oh, in her hair. That had to be, you just had to like almost be fanboy at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... You know, that, that's a great thing about working on a show like The Flash. I'm sure people that are working on it now will tell you. that's Doing a show like this where it's fantasy is part of the reason you become an actor. You know? Yeah. It's part of it. Literally, you get to work and go, wow, I am going to play today. <laughs> you know, those days when you'd cut school and then, you know, pretend you were all sorts of superheroes. And then that- you get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's the cool part. Uh, we referenced this one episode. Fast forward. Uh, Julio finally finds out Barry is the Flash. Right. Great look, by the way, in this episode. <laughs> you know the, the dreads oh, go yeah. next level. Oh, yeah. You know, it was fun about that because I couldn't take those out for like a week. <laughs> and, uh, I remember, uh, I think I was on a lunch break. <laughs> I was on a lunch break and I went and I visited my best friend at his work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just like took off from the set and yeah. just like go hung, hang out. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll be back in a little while. Oh, man. <laughs> he had no idea who I was. <laughs> it's a look and a half. And then he did the double take and laugh for about 20 minutes. I was like, all right, you can stop laughing now. <laughs> you guys yeah. had to have fun on this one. I mean, this was time travel. This was yeah. your characters get to get to amp it up a little bit. Yeah. And once again, I'm going back to the cars. I got to drive a garbage truck. You did. That's right. That was fun too. I had to get driving. I had to get lessons to drive wow. a garbage truck. Yeah. Did you actually drive it or is it a stunt person? Um, no, I drove it like okay. you know, maybe ten, fifteen feet. But I drove it. <laughs> Not easy. Yeah, that's right. That was a that was a fun one to do as well. Oh, it's and st- it's the Flash and time travel. Yeah. Um, way twenty five years ahead of where we are now, uh, yeah. and the great Jason Bernard. Um, yeah. Did you get to work? I mean, how, how what was your interaction with him on these episodes? Uh, I, I was hanging with him when he was on the set. Yeah. And, he, you know, he was one of those, he's just one of those, you know, he, he was a staple of my childhood, you know. And so to see him and actually meet him, and you know what? As cool as he seems on film, even cooler. Uh, even cooler in person, man, in that voice. You know, um, one of the sweetest men I've ever have had the chance to meet and you know i'm really blessed it's like i've been able to meet a lot of people um that i looked up to as a child and as a teenager oh heck as a man and got to work with him and he was he was up there Mm. you know it's it's definitely next level episode uh, yeah, we we t- I talked about that with with John on the Q and A where you basically he said everybody ups their game. Oh yeah, when when Jason's around. Oh heck yeah, and he you know he had such like nuance and just little things he would do where you're like oh did you see how he did that there? Like you little know? sides or or little yeah. uh, ad libs. 
Yeah, little sides, little ad libs, little just character thing. You know, I mean, even the fact of him just uh, selling how quote unquote old he is. Mm. You know, he just do little things. You're like, he just sold it like you wouldn't believe. How di- how difficult is that as an actor to not watch the performance, but to interact with the performance? Mm. Well, that's a that's a good one. Um, you know, I find that usually when I'm there, um, if if I'm really committed and I'm into it, I don't, I don't really notice that, you know, because it's just part of the world. Does that make sense? You're um, able to immerse yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, usually, if I watch something back, I go, "Oh, wow, look what they did there." But in the moment, I'm right there, and I'm with you. Um, and uh, you know, as an actor, if you're in the character, it just becomes second nature. What was the mood on the set with Hamill? <laughs> Everybody was a little fanboy. <laughs> Everyone was a fanboy. You didn't have him sign anything, did you? No, I wish I did. You know, it's funny because he because he ended up doing. Um, uh, I think he did some episodes uh, when I was doing Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first sessions, he was there, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing, Mark?" He's like, "Hey, oh, we worked together on the Flash, right?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Maybe one day we'll we'll do something where there are no superheroes involved." <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does Hamill. I think that was dead on. <laughs> was, maybe an odd couple. Maybe you guys can do an odd couple. Return of the odd couple. Uh, if the show had been picked up for a second season, what was on your wish list? What would Ooh. you? Ooh. Uh, I think definitely to get in on some of the action. To get in on some of the action, to find out about Barry being the Flash. I mean, because right there, you know, I could, I could see Leo Jones. Come on, do me a favor. Make, make a milkshake real quick for me. <laughs> He'd abuse it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, that, all right, Barry. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Can you go see if this person's doing this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see Julio just annoying the hell out of Barry. He would use his powers for irritation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like three episodes right there I'd like to see. Um, 25th anniversary uh, recently. Everybody got together. Were you get, Were you there? I wasn't able to go. What I happened was, there? I don't. I didn't see you, and I thought maybe you were in the audience, but I'm like, why wouldn't they bring him up on stage? What had happened was I was set to go. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be genius. And Everybody then was there. I completely forgot I'd committed to a gig with my band that night. Okay. So I could – I was – it was one of the <laughs> – I got to say I was a little resentful at my band. I was like, yeah, let's play the show. <laughs> you're like yeah this is fun definitely phoned it in that night yeah maybe a little bit okay because that was uh, cool to see everybody together you know everybody together again i like i apologize where i know we're up against the clock here do we have a little bit of time to talk about nick fury so, sure okay um look from sidekick to superhero <laughs> <laughs> you got to play in the marvel sandbox we talked about this as nicholas j fury that's right Started off in Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, you get a little bit, and then you go into the Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, when did you first hear about this gig? Did you have to audition for it, or was it just like, here you go? Did the audition? Uh, it was for Wolverine, and actually, I, this was my first. That's one of my. This is one of actually, I think my first animation gig. Yeah, I think uh, this was the beginning of your voiceover. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. And, you know, I, I, it was funny because I remember 
going, I remember reading for it and then getting the call that I booked it. And I was like, I, I, I win. I, I got it. <laughs> um, and, and you know, the, the best direction of all time, Jamie Simone was a director and, uh, he did the subsequent Avengers as well. This is what he said. He said, you're afraid of nothing. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh, that's right. And that's who this guy is. And I always laugh because, you know, God, I love Sam Jackson. But my take is more Billy D. Williams, so it's more like Lando Fury. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. I wanted to ask you about this because Iron Man premiered months before. We mm-hmm. got a snippet of Samuel Jackson right at the end. Right. So you knew he was Fury. I didn't know if that influenced you at all or where you went, but man, that's that's a great take. I think Iron Man was May of 2008, and I think your episode of Wolverine was February 2009. Wow. You are good, man. So I didn't. I wasn't sure if you sneaked a peek uh-huh. at Sam Jackson or if you knew he was cast. Because Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson. It's not like yeah. you got to. It's not like you got to see a Sam Jackson movie to know what he's yeah. about. Exactly. Um, great, Billy D. So you're yeah. going. You're going full Empire Strikes Back here. I'm. I'm straight old. What story. have we here? <laughs> Why Han Solo? You no good. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just learn that whole monologue. Again, I'm going to watch these in a completely different light. Uh-huh. <laughs> Becker, uh-huh. Avengers, I got it. So, all right, a little bit of Billy D, a little bit of Billy D going on. Um, did you? How familiar were? How familiar were you with the character? Did you have to do a little research? Did you have to tap your brother on the shoulder and get some comic books? I, I did a little research. I knew who Nick Fury was. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I I knew who he was and what he was about, and you know, just Mister Machiavelli, you know, puppet master. Yeah. You know. Um. So, I, but I did go online and do a bunch more research and read some, read some comics, etc. You know. But then once, as I said, once Jamie told me that, that was it. Do you project when you're recording? Like we see Hamill going nuts mm-hmm. as the Joker. Like he acts yeah. it out. Yeah. Do you do that, or are you sort of middle of the road? It depends on what the, what the job is. Um, you know, I, I do find like when when I had when I was doing Nick, my arms always seem to be crossed. You know, which would help me just get that power, that authoritative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then um, you know, and it was also too depending on what the situation was. I mean, listen, if I'm if I'm such a bad mofo, I don't need to raise my voice. So when I do raise my voice, you know I'm mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it all depends. And then again, if I'm playing a little choo-choo train, I'll probably chug a lug and move my whole body. <laughs> you know? How do you chug a lug behind a mic? Oh, I can do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What's the other? The, the LeBrons, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. How are you? What are you doing on those recording sessions? Now with those, I, I probably am using my body. Um, oh wow, yeah, those are always fun. It's funny. I I think you know what I think is happening here. Um, I am stuck in my childhood because everything I want to do, I want to. I go to Billy D. Williams. I for <laughs> for, for uh, wise. I, I'm trying to channel my version of Scatman Crothers. So yeah, that, so I I think and so my next. My next step is to do Eddie Anderson, otherwise known as Rochester. Rochester. It's my day off! I want to put that in somewhere. <laughs> uh, 
I'm giving you all my secrets. Oh, this is this is great. I just I love talking to voice actors because I, I just I'm interested in what they channel. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. in what they channel because they, you got to do something. You got to yeah when you get behind the mic. So um, well, it's, it's fun too because you know I also do you know NFL promos. And I that, saw when we're watching the yeah there's it. Um, you watch uh, Game Day Morning. Game Day Morning on NFL Network, right? Yeah, and so we're that's, hearing you. That's you we're hearing. Yeah, yeah, and so that's a lot of fun too. Give us a little bit of that. <laughs> give me, give me a little bit of that. What's happening here on Comic Book Central? Um, but <laughs> I love it. But what's great too is what I'm what I'm really having fun with there is that uh, you know I'll do all those promos and bumps and then every once in a while, hey, uh, we want to do something that sounds like old NFL films. Can you do that? And I'm like, oh, come on, let's go. Oh, the frozen tundra. Yeah, the, you know, a raider doing <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast. Oh, you got the pipes there. Oh yeah, I could do it. Let me go smoke another cigarette. <laughs> Take another shot of bourbon. Where's my scotch? <laughs> Somebody get me a drink. It's Rochester. It's my day off. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh man, don't ruin your voice. You got to save it for Hepcat and sure. also the Lions. Uh, yes. Your bands. Uh huh. What's going on here? You you're a musician. Yeah, I got into that. Uh, where can we? Where can people see you? Um, and wow. hear you? Wow, wow, wow. Well, you can buy the Lions. A uh, new record called Soul Ride on Stone's Throw Records. Um, great band, good old 70s style reggae man. It's like your uh, four, you've four albums? Um, with the Lions? With, with the Hepcats and between Hep-Cat. the Hepcats and Lions, what, four or five yeah. albums now? Yeah, I think six or seven probably. Oh, man. Um, yeah, Hepcat actually, we're gearing up to do some shows. Uh, we, we play every Valentine's Day, so this year we're going up to San Francisco. Nice to play nice. at Slim's. Uh, you know the music once again. How did this happen? <laughs> you know, it was literally, I, I, I became part of the band. Honestly, partially as therapy for acting. I was if I gave you a choice, acting or music, pick one. Acting's my first love. Okay, acting's my first love. I love doing the music. Um, but yeah, acting's okay. That, that's my jam, as the kids are saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's been a blast too. I mean, I trip out when I go, "Wow, I've been able to travel the world because I can sing." Okay, that's you know, fantastic. Yeah, it's, and it's got to be a crazy outlet. Yeah, and it's great with Hepcat. We've been doing it. None of us were legal to drink when we started the band. <laughs> you know. Yeah, actually, we were doing when I was doing the Flash. It was right around when we, we we were starting to get our residencies, and so there'd be times I'd be working on the Flash, and I'd be like, "Um, I got to be on in half an hour." <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, I have to show up and eat something. Yeah, talk about beat the clock. I'd be like, "I got a gig in an hour. I don't know if I'm going to make it." And actually, oh. I know there were some times where the get- band had to play without me, and I told them just put a just put my headshot up on a microphone. <laughs> I'll get there when I can get there. <laughs> I'll sneak in from behind. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Scon Reggae yes. for uh, Hepcat. Hepcat is Scon Reggae, old school, 1960s style. Nice. Um, yeah. It's great three-part harmonies, horn section. Um, nice groovy beats. A lot of love songs. And where can we, where can we buy this music? Where can, we, where can we listen to it? Where, where can we download it? Um, iTunes, we're all over. 
Um, here in LA, Amoeba Records has it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, iTunes is a great way. You gonna or, get it up on your website here? I I think so. Okay, give us the website. Um, AlexDesert.com. Uh, social media. You are on Twitter and f- you're you're maxed out for friends on Facebook. Am I really? Yeah, you are. Oh wow! You got to get a fan page. Wow! You got too okay. many friends. Wow! Who are all these people? How'd they get in my room? <laughs> they're they're Flash fans. I, I got to be honest. I'm not on the Facebook that much. Uh, they are. I yeah, got you are maxed out for friends, my friend. So oh. uh, you oh, need wow. you need yourself a a fan page. You are on Twitter though. We can yeah. follow you on Twitter. Alex underscore desert. Is that, is that how you say it? I believe it is. And on Instagram, Alex desert was here. Um, yeah, I think that's my social media savviness right there. And then, of yeah. course, we've got your episodes of The Flash. All are streaming free. I mm. will say it again for free at CWC.com. For what? CWC.com. They are for Free? free? <laughs> I know you're not getting anything out of that. <laughs> it's good for us. It's not good for your wallet. Uh, hey, that's all right. Um, so I'll Actually, my girlfriend has never seen an episode. Maybe I will hunker down and be like, "You're watching this now, woman." Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, she you, she needs to binge. She needs to binge herself on some Julio here. Um, look, we just celebrated 25 years of your show, uh, 75 years of the character, The Flash. New show. You're going to be on it. We know that. New movie coming up. Uh, why do you think this character has been so popular for three quarters of a century? My goodness. Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Oh, wow. Well, I think there's something about the every man becoming something bigger than he thought he could be, which is endearing, and it gives us hope. Huge thanks to you for joining me for Flashback February. Our DVRs are anxiously awaiting the return of Julio Mendez or whatever character they're going to put you in. You're going to be back. We know that. Uh, yeah. We'll just, we'll DVR. We're going to have to see here. Continued success, my friend. And thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, what a fantastic way to kick off flashback, flash forward, February. Oh, incredibly funny, man. Amazingly talented actor. Uh, I had a lot of fun during that interview. I hope you had fun listening to it as well. Uh, Folks, if you have not seen the original Flash television series, as I mentioned, all the episodes are streaming free at CWC.com. You just go there, you click on it, you watch them, you have fun. Uh, They've got a bunch of shows there, too. Not only The Flash, they've got Birds of Prey. Uh, We highlighted that here on Comic Book Central. Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, they're all out there as well. A bunch of shows. Check it out. Check The Flash out. You're going to love it if you haven't seen it already. Uh, You're also going to want to check out Alex's website and his social media pages for more information on his upcoming TV and movie projects and also his music that we talked about. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes for this episode at my website, comicbookcentral.net. Again, my thanks to Alex for hanging out with me in the lair today to celebrate The Flash and to kickstart Flashback, Flash Forward February. He got this month off to a great start. My thanks to him. As the great Paul Williams once sang, we've only just begun. Much more flash-tastic goodness headed your way in the weeks ahead. You do not want to miss a moment of it. And you won't miss anything if you subscribe to Comic Book Central and iTunes. For those who have done that, I thank you. For those who have subscribed and left a review, huge thanks for that. 
Uh, those reviews, they do help to get the show recognized by iTunes. It gets it into the ears of more listeners. Uh, that really helps. So if you haven't already, please take a moment to review the show on iTunes. If you don't use iTunes, if you're streaming it from the website or you saw it on Facebook, uh, you can also find the show on Stitcher and Blueberry. They're on those services as well. Of course, all episodes are posted, as I said, on the Facebook page each week, facebook.com slash comicbookcentralnetwork. Uh, they're also there on Twitter, at comicbookctrl, where you can retweet the show out, get it out to even more people, hashtag share the lair. Keep Comic Book Central Nation growing. We're 113 countries so far, folks. My goodness, keep it going. That's all due to you. Thank you very much for that. By the way, speaking of getting the word out, a shout out to all those who took to Twitter to try to get Superman the movie Sarah Douglas as a guest on the TV series Supergirl. I brought that very idea up when Sarah joined me on episode 105. We got it started there. She loved the idea. A bunch of folks started tweeting hashtag Sarah Douglas Supergirl out on Twitter. And here's Sarah's response on her own Twitter feed. She writes... Thank you all for the Supergirl blast yesterday. There has been a response from the production team. Watch this space. Fingers crossed. Honestly, how cool is that? It started right here on Comic Book Central. Got that thing going. So who knows? We might see Sarah Douglas sharing the screen with Melissa Benoist's Maid of Might. Making a difference. Making things happen here on Comic Book Central. That's what all of you are doing. Keep it up. They're listening out there. And keep those emails coming in, too. If you've got a favorite Flash episode, uh, current Flash, classic Flash, let me know. If you've got some guest ideas, people have been writing with those. So send them in. My email address, joe at comicbookcentral.net. You can also click that Signal Me tab on the website. I get them there. The website is comicbookcentral.net. Put my virtual mailman, Willie Lumpkin, to work. I want to hear from you. All right. I am completely out of time for today. Got to run. But I won't go far. I will be back because next week on Comic Book Central, flashback, flash forward February continues as I flash back, yeah, all the way back to the 1970s, a time of jammies, crunchberry cereal, Saturday morning cartoons, specifically Super Friends. That's right, the man who hung out in the Hall of Justice as three, count of three of the Super Friends, including The Flash. He's going to be here. He's also the voice of many of your favorite television and movie characters uh, from Spider-Man, G.I. Joe, uh, even Steven Spielberg's AI, actor Jack Angel. He's going to be here. Until then, stay at one with the Speed Force. Keep reading those comics. Thanks for joining me here in the lair. Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. This podcast is intended for entertainment and education purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Comic Book Central. is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivations, 3.0 Imported License. All the content and names are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective holders. He's a candy-coated For all his friends he always seems to be alone but they love him, bugs him alone. A city slicker, he can charm you with a smile and a style all his own. Everybody loves that man, bugs him alone.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.